Today is the 31st day of August. Welcome to PsalmsCast. I am Denise. Gosh, this is the end of another month of 2021. We have just sailed through the summertime, haven't we? Of course, here in the South, summer lasts a little longer, but let's not get into all that. Let's just get into what we came here to do, which is to take the next step forward as we wrap up the August Psalms journey. We have been reading through the Net Bible, also known as the New English Translation, and we have one last chapter to work through, and that is Psalm 119. Also this month, we have been going deeper into God's Word as we have been diving into the Gospel of Luke. At the very end of the podcast, for those who desire to go deeper into God's Word today, we are looking through and considering and talking about chapter 19 of the Gospel of Luke. But first, let's take just a brief moment to invite the Lord to be the focus. Father God, we come humbly into this moment to seek you, to draw near to you. We are living in desperate times, Lord, and we are challenged on every side. We need wisdom. We need guidance. We need to we need truth. And we desperately need mercy and grace. The mercy and grace that you generously pour into our life every single day. We are so hungry and we are so thirsty for what you offer us, Lord, which is hope and joy. So we are opening our hearts and we are opening our minds to you right now. Allow your word to come into our life and to transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit into the people that you desire us to be. Lead, guide, and illuminate as we journey today. Today, the 31st day of the month, we are going to focus on One psalm, Psalm 119. Many of us desire to love God's word more, but are unsure of how to cultivate those desires. Psalm 119 is a heartfelt prayer from the psalmist that can be used as a tool to transform our affections to love God's word more. But before we dive in, I want to talk to you a little bit about Psalm 119 and what makes it unique. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible with 176 verses. That means that this one chapter is similar in length to some of the Bible's shorter books like Philippians, James, or Ruth. The purpose of this psalm is to celebrate God's word and instruction to his people. The structure of Psalm 119 is comprised of 22 stanzas, each starting with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Each stanza has eight verses with two lines each. Many of the verses mention God's word in one line, and then in the second line, connect it to God's revelation. Other words used to describe God's revelation are words like law, 
testimonies, precepts, statutes, commandment, word, and rules. Psalm 119 is a prayer that includes many different elements, including prayers of praise, lament, vindication, obedience, and petitions for wisdom. So as we get into this psalm, I will start each stanza by saying the letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Aleph. How blessed are those whose actions are blameless, who obey the law of the Lord. How blessed are those who observe his rules and seek him with all their heart, who moreover do no wrong, but follow in his footsteps. You demand that your precepts be carefully kept. If only I were predisposed to keep your statutes, then I would not be ashamed if I were focused on all your commands. I will give you sincere thanks when I learn your just regulations. I will keep your statutes. Do not completely abandon me. Bet. How can a young person maintain a pure life? By guarding it according to your instructions. With all my heart, I seek you. Do not allow me to stray from your commands. In my heart, I store up your words so that I might not sin against you. You deserve praise, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the regulations you have revealed. I rejoice in the lifestyle prescribed by your rules as if they were riches of all kinds. I will meditate on your precepts and focus on your behavior. I find delight in your statutes. I do not forget your instructions. Gimel Be kind to your servant. Then I will live and keep your instructions. Open my eyes so I can truly see the marvelous things in your law. I am a resident foreigner in this land. Do not hide your commands from me. I desperately long to know your regulations at all times. You reprimand arrogant people. Those who stray from your commands are doomed. Spare me shame and humiliation, for I observe your rules. Though rulers plot and slander me, your servant meditates on your statutes. Yes, I find delight in your rules. They give me guidance. Dalit. I collapse in the dirt. Revive me with your word. I told you about my ways and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Help me to understand what your precepts mean. Then I can meditate on your marvelous teachings. I collapse from grief. Sustain me by your word. Remove me from the path of deceit. Graciously give me your law. I choose the path of faithfulness. I am committed to your regulations. I hold fast to your rules. O Lord, do not let me be ashamed. I run along the path of your commands, for you enable me to do so. Hey, teach me, O Lord, the lifestyle prescribed by your statutes so that I might observe it continually. Give me understanding so that I might observe your law and keep it with all my heart. 
Guide me in the path of your commands, for I delight to walk in it. Give me a desire for your rules rather than for wealth gained unjustly. Turn my eyes away from what is worthless. Revive me with your word. Confirm to your servant your promise, which you made to the one who honors you. Take away the insults that I dread. Indeed, your regulations are good. Look, I long for your precepts. Revive me with your deliverance. Vav, may I experience your loyal love, O Lord, and your deliverance as you promised. Then I will have a reply for the one who insults me, for I trust in your word. Do not completely deprive me of a truthful testimony, for I await your justice. Then I will keep your law continually, now and for all time. I will be secure, for I seek your precepts. I will speak about your regulations before kings and not be ashamed. I will find delight in your commands, which I love. I will lift my hands to your commands, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Zion, remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. This is what comforts me in my trouble, for your promise revives me. Arrogant people do nothing but scoff at me, yet I do not turn aside from your law. I remember your ancient regulations, O Lord, and console myself. Rage takes hold of me because of the wicked, those who reject your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house where I live. I remember your name during the night, O Lord, and I will keep your law. This has been my practice, for I observe your precepts. Het, the Lord is my source of security. I have determined to follow your instructions. I seek your favor with all my heart. Have mercy on me as you promised. I consider my actions and follow your rules. I keep your commands eagerly without delay. The ropes of the wicked tighten around me but I do not forget your law. In the middle of the night, I arise to thank you for your just regulations. I am a friend to all your loyal followers and to those who keep your precepts. O Lord, your loyal love fills the earth. Teach me your statutes. Tet, you are good to your servant, O Lord, just as you promised. Teach me proper discernment and understanding, for I consider your commands to be reliable. Before I was afflicted, I used to stray off, but now I keep your instructions. You are good, and you do good. Teach me your statutes. Arrogant people smear my reputation with lies, but I observe your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are calloused, but I find delight in your law. It was good for me to suffer, so that I might learn your statutes. The law you have revealed is more important to me than thousands of pieces of gold and silver. Yod, your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding so that I might learn your commands. Your loyal followers will be glad when they see me, for I find hope in your word. I know, Lord, that your regulations are just. 
You discipline me because of your faithful devotion to me. May your loyal love console me as you promised your servant. May I experience your compassion so that I might live, for I find delight in your law. May the arrogant be humiliated, for they have slandered me. But I meditate on your precepts. May your loyal followers turn to me, those who know your rules. May I be fully committed to your statutes, so that I might not be ashamed. Cough. I desperately long for your deliverance. I find hope in your word. My eyes grow tired as I wait for your promise to be fulfilled. I say, when will you comfort me? For I am like a wineskin dried up in smoke. I do not forget your statutes. How long must your servant endure this? When will you judge those who pursue me? The arrogant dig pits to trap me, which violates your law. All your commands are reliable. I am pursued without reason. Help me. They have also destroyed me here on the earth, but I do not reject your precepts. Revive me with your loyal love, that I might keep the rules you have revealed. Lamed O Lord, your instructions endure. They stand secure in heaven. You demonstrate your faithfulness to all generations. You established the earth, and it stood firm. Today they stand firm by your decrees, for all things are your servants. If I had not found encouragement in your law, I would have died in my sorrow. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have revived me. I belong to you. Deliver me, for I seek your precepts. The wicked prepare to kill me, yet I concentrate on your rules. I realize that everything has its limits, but your commands are beyond full comprehension. Mem. Oh, how I love your law. All day long I meditate on it. Your commandments make me wiser than my enemies, for I am always aware of them. I have found more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your rules. I am more discerning than those older than I, for I observe your precepts. I stay away from every evil path, so that I might keep your instructions. I do not turn aside from your regulations, for you teach me. Your words are sweeter in my mouth than honey. Your precepts give me discernment, Therefore, I hate all deceitful actions. Noon. Your word is a lamp to walk by and a light to illumine my path. I have vowed and solemnly sworn to keep your just regulations. I am suffering terribly, O Lord. Revive me with your word. O Lord, please accept the free will offerings of my praise. Teach me your regulations. My life is in continual danger, but I do not forget your law. The wicked lay a trap for me, but I do not wander from your precepts. I claim your rules as my permanent possession, for they give me joy. I am determined to obey your statutes at all times to the very end. Samek I hate people with divided loyalties, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I find hope in your word. 
Turn away from me, you evil men, so that I can observe the commands of my God. Sustain me as you promise, so that I will live. Do not disappoint me. Support me, so that I will be delivered. Then I will focus on your statutes continually. You despise all who stray from your statutes, for such people are deceptive and unreliable. You remove all the wicked of the earth like slag. Therefore I love your rules. My body trembles because I fear you. I am afraid of your judgments. Ayin. I do what is fair and right. Do not abandon me to my oppressors. Guarantee the welfare of your servant. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes grow tired as I wait for your deliverance, for your reliable promise to be fulfilled. Show your servant your loyal love. Teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me insight so that I can understand your rules. It is time for the Lord to act. They break your law. For this reason, I love your commands more than gold, even purest gold. For this reason, I carefully follow all your precepts. I hate all deceitful actions. Pay. Your rules are marvelous, therefore I observe them. Your instructions are a doorway through which light shines. They give insight to the untrained. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commands. Turn to me and extend mercy to me, as you typically do to your loyal followers. Direct my steps by your word. Do not let any sin dominate me. Deliver me from oppressive men so that I can keep your precepts. Smile on your servant. Teach me your statutes. Tears stream down from my eyes because your people do not keep your law. Sadi, you are just, O Lord, and your judgments are fair. The rules you impose are just and absolutely reliable. My zeal consumes me, for my enemies forget your instructions. Your word is absolutely pure, and your servant loves it. I am insignificant and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your justice endures, and your law is reliable. Distress and hardship confront me, yet I find delight in your commands. Your rules remain just. Give me insight so that I can live. Quiff, I cried out with all my heart, answer me, O Lord. I will observe your statutes. I cried out to you, deliver me so that I can keep your rules. I am up before dawn, crying for help. I find hope in your word. My eyes anticipate the nighttime hours so that I can meditate on your word. Listen to me because of your loyal love, O Lord. Revive me as you typically do. Those who are eager to do wrong draw near. They are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commands are reliable. I learned long ago that you ordained your rules to last. Raish, see my pain and rescue me, for I do not forget your law. Fight for me and defend me. Revive me with your word. The wicked have no choice for deliverance, for they do not seek your statutes. 
Your compassion is great, O Lord. Revive me as you typically do. The enemies who chase me are numerous, yet I do not turn aside from your rules. I take note of the treacherous and despise them because they do not keep your instructions. See how I love your precepts. O Lord, revive me with your loyal love. Your instructions are totally reliable. All your just regulations endure. Sheen Rulers pursue me for no reason, yet I am more afraid of disobeying your instructions. I rejoice in your instructions like one who finds much plunder. I hate and despise deceit. I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you because of your just regulations. Those who love your law are completely secure. Nothing causes them to stumble. I hope for your deliverance, O Lord, and I obey your commands. I keep your rules. I love them greatly. I keep your precepts and rules, for you are aware of everything I do. Tab, Listen to my cry for help, O Lord. Give me insight by your word. Listen to my appeal for mercy. Deliver me as you promised. May praise flow freely from my lips, for you teach me your statutes. May my tongue sing about your instructions, for all your commands are just. May your hand help me, for I choose to obey your precepts. I long for your deliverance, O Lord. I find delight in your law. May I live and praise you. May your regulations help me. I have wandered off like a lost sheep. Come looking for your servant, for I do not forget your commands. Psalm 119. It is a very meaty and long psalm, but it is so rich. There are so many gems of wisdom. And it is personally a psalm that I treasure because when I was in fifth grade, so I was probably about 11, 12, 13, um, I went to a Wednesday night Bible class at a church with some neighbor friends, and um, there was an older lady there. She had gray hair. I was in fifth grade, so I anybody who had gray hair had to be really old. And um, But she encouraged the girls in our group to memorize Psalm 119. And she said anybody who would memorize all of Psalm 119, she would give $100 to, <laughs> um, which that was a lot of money to somebody who was only in fifth grade. And um, I went home and I opened up the Bible and I saw how many chap- how many verses there were and I knew that that probably was not going to happen, that I was not going to be able to memorize. So she also assigned each one of us a verse. She gave us a verse. It was written down on a sheet of paper and my verse was Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That is the version that I learned it in. And over the years, yes, I did memorize it. And she did give each one of us who memorized that one verse, she gave us a dollar. And But it wasn't so much the dollar, because I spent that a long, long time ago. But that one verse has stuck with me 
through many seasons of my life, especially when there was darkness just encroaching in, God's word, thy word, your word, Lord, is a light unto my path. And he does. He illuminates where I need to step next. And so I have seen the power of the word of God and how it can transform a person's life. So I just wanted to share a couple more things about Psalm 119 from different sources. So David Polison observed, Psalm 119 is actually not about the topic of getting scripture into your life. Instead, it is the honest words that erupt when what God says gets into you. It's not an exhortation to Bible study. It's an outcry of faith. Psalm 119 is a thoughtful outcry that rises when real life meets real God. And over on our social media pages, I will post a video. It's about nine minutes long for David Paulison. Um, he is a Christian, or he was a Christian counselor um, who was well-known and well-written and has done many talks. And um, the one that I'm going to post over there talks about how to make Scripture come alive for you. Next, we have Charles Spurgeon. He liked this psalm so much, he said, We might do well to commit it to memory. And of course, that's a tall order because psalm, this psalm is 176 verses long. Some people who have memorized this whole psalm and they found great blessing in doing so, William Wilberforce, which is, was a 19th century British politician who led the movement to abolish the slave trade in British, the British Empire. And then we also have David Livingstone, who was a 19th century pioneer missionary to Africa. Now, this next one I found very interesting. This is a person who is an 18th century Bible commentator. And to this day, many of us who like to get into Bible commentary use his material. It's Matthew Hendry. And he was introduced to Psalms 119 as a child. His father, Philip Henry, told his children to take one verse of Psalm 119 every day to meditate on and thereby go through the entire psalm twice a year. Philip said to his children, That will bring you to be in love with all the rest of the scriptures. Perhaps that practice was why Matthew Henry loved the Bible so much that he wrote commentary that is still used today. So the verse that I mentioned to you, Psalm 119.105, this is a verse that Amy Grant took and wrote the song, Thy Word. It is based on one of the most memorable verses which is Psalm 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And I, yes, I have a link over on our social media pages that you can check out that song. It's a beautiful song. It's just beautiful. I would encourage each person to use this psalm as a tuning fork to turn your heart to love God's word more. Read the psalm straight through and pray that God will shape your life 
and your heart to love Him and to love His Word even more. Gracious Father, this month, the month of August, is coming to an end, and we still have so many challenges that we are grappling with. We strive, but are torn in which way to go, how we are to walk, or who has the truth that we can actually invest ourselves in. All this exposes our tight grip of control on ourselves when actually a loose grip and complete trust and hope and faith in you and in the friendship and the intimacy you offer us is the only way we're ever going to get comfortable with ourselves and with this transformation work of salvation you are doing in our life. So we want to invite your Holy Spirit into all this today and in the weeks ahead. We just invite you to expose the areas where we have an unwillingness to allow transformation to take place, the places that we're kind of locked in, and these are our anchor points of identity, and we won't let you change them, even if you asked, when you're actually inviting us to have a complete identity shift change, change from a person who is trying to live life fully self-controlled as a standalone sovereign to a person that has been assimilated into your body, grafted into your family, and going through the process of transformation, sanctification, change. Come Holy Spirit and begin to do a new work in us as it relates to change. May we trust you in it all, obey you in it all, walk with you through it all, and see the beauty of it all. We ask this in your precious name. Amen. Now for those who do want to dive deeper into God's Word, hang in here for just a few more minutes as we wrap up this part of the podcast. At the very end of the podcast, we will be going into the 19th chapter of the Gospel of Luke. I have two prayer updates today. The first one is on Miss Georgia. Our sweet neighbor turns 92 today. Happy birthday, Georgia. She is indeed back in the hospital, and she did have surgery, I believe, on Sunday. The hospital has reported to her son that she is doing well. I spent a spot of time with Michael today on Monday, and he shared the experience of finding his mom unconscious and having the ambulance take her away, not knowing if she would survive the journey to the hospital. He said it really tore him up. This has been very hard on this sweet family. Let's continue to pray for the Lord to watch over, to lead and guide whatever path that he has purposed for Miss Georgia and for Michael. And then also, thank you for continuing to pray for Laura. Um, I texted her back and forth on Monday. Um, Her oxygen levels are now not in tanking out in the 80s. Um, She said she is feeling the tiniest bit better today. She soaked her clothes during the night and woke up freezing in a puddle of cold sweat. I couldn't get warm for a long time. I felt like my fire went out. I prayed for the Holy Spirit fire. I have no energy on my own, so I'm reminded 
of how the Spirit energized the waters. I'm praying for Holy Spirit energy. There are so many diverse symptoms. My back is killing me with the osteoporosis. I shared with Laura that a friend and I have been praying specifically that the Lord would breathe in to Laura, that he would fill her lungs with oxygen and that he would be expelling the gunk. And in response, she shared this. I went into the bathroom yesterday and laid on my stomach and listened to healing scriptures. I felt like God warmed me and I imagined him massaging my back. I coughed up a lot of junk. Okay, wow. (laughs) I'm actually in awe of Adonai's faithfulness just in how he is working at healing and moving Laura through this healing journey. And yes, she probably has still a long journey ahead. My prayer partner and I were, um, we both have had COVID and we know how challenging um, getting the lungs clear is when you're doing it all at home. So we have just been really praying that God will continue to work His healing mercies on Laura, and we would like you to partner with us. Now, if you desire to connect with us at PsalmsCast, to share thoughts, to ask questions, to request prayer, or to request a Bible, our email address is psalmscast at gmail.com. If you prefer to call or text, the number in the United States is 470-240-1509. number is 1470-240-1509. You can also make a connection through social media. Psalmscast is on Facebook, Twitter, and MeWe. So that's it for today, friends. I am Denise. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Going deeper into the Word of God begins in five seconds. Going deeper into the Word of God, Luke chapter 19. The Gospel of Luke is, in my opinion, very profound. It breaks down Jesus' testimonies in a way that is very understandable to the everyday person, a person who is new to the faith. For people who are new to reading the Bible and are a little overwhelmed when they see how big it is, and where do I start? Do I start at the very front? Do I start in the Gospels? Do I just open the Bible and go for it? I, a lot of times, will direct them to the Gospel of Luke because it is very personable and we don't need a theology degree in order to understand what the Lord has here for us. There were very many powerful testimonies in yesterday's chapter, which was chapter 18 of the Gospel of Luke. But one that really hit home to me is the persistent widow. Here's an older lady who is going to a judge, and she is asking for justice. And the judge sends her away, and she's unsatisfied, so she keeps coming back day after day after day. And he finally just decides to give her justice just so that she will go away. And Jesus says in this chapter 18, um, 
Listen to what the unjust judge says. Won't God give justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Are we crying out to our Lord day and night for that that we are seeking for? Maybe it's a brother, a sister, a parent who is lost and doesn't know Jesus. Are we continually bringing that before him and asking him to intervene and then Jesus says something that really just sort of sticks in my throat. Jesus says, I tell you, he will give him justice speedily. And then he says these words, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Meaning when he comes back. And Jesus is coming back. There's no doubt about that. I don't know if it's in 2021 or some decades from now, or a hundred years from now. I don't know, but I do know that what has been put on my heart is to live every single day as if today is the last day that I will breathe, and as if today is the day that Jesus will appear. So let's find out what is in the next chapter that is ahead for us today. So as I read, simply allow God's words to wash over you, to wash through you, trusting the Holy Spirit to do what he does best, which is to transform our lives brick by brick, step by step, decision by decision, as we stay in God's word. Remember the purpose of this section is for you to learn from the Holy Spirit how to apply God's truth in your life. Luke chapter 19. Jesus and Zacchaeus. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. Now a man named Zacchaeus was there. He was the chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to get a look at Jesus, but being a short man, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him because Jesus was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to that place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down quickly because I must stay at your house today. So he came down quickly and welcomed Jesus joyfully. And when the people saw it, they all complained. He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. But Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, half of my possessions I now give to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone of anything, I am paying back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this household, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. The Parable of the Ten Minas While the people were listening to these things, Jesus proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear immediately. Therefore he said, A nobleman went to a distant country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. And he summoned ten of his slaves, gave them ten minas, and said to them, Do business with these until I come back. But his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him, saying, We do not want this man to be king over us. When he returned after receiving the kingdom, he summoned those slaves to whom he had given the money. 
He wanted to know how much they had earned by trading. So the first came before him and said, Sir, your mina has made ten minas more. And the king said to him, Well done, good slave. Because you have been faithful in a very small matter, you will have authority over ten cities. Then the second one came and said, Sir, your mina has made five mina. So the king said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another slave came and said, Sir, here is your mina that I put away for safekeeping in a piece of cloth, for I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You withdrew what you did not deposit, and you reap what you did not sow. The king said to him, I will judge you by your own words, you wicked slave. So you knew, did you, that I was a severe man, withdrawing what I didn't deposit and reaping what I didn't sow. Why then didn't you put my money in the bank so that when I returned, I could have collected it with interest? And he said to his attendants, Take the mina from him and give it to the one who has ten. But they said to him, Sir, he has ten minas already. I tell you that everyone who has will be given more, and from the one who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine, who did not want me to be their king, bring them here and slaughter them in front of me. The Triumphal Entry After Jesus has said this, he continued on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Now when he approached Bethphage, and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of the disciples telling them, Go to the village ahead of you. When you enter it, you will find a colt tied there that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Just say, The Lord needs it. So those who were sent ahead found exactly what he had told them. As they were untying the colt, Its owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and had Jesus get on. As he rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As he approached the road leading down from the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for the mighty works they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. But some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He answered, I tell you, if they keep silent, the very stones will cry out. Jesus weeps for Jerusalem under judgment. Now when Jesus approached and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you had only known on this day, even you, the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes, for the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and surround you, and close in on you from every side. They will demolish you, you and your children within your walls, and they will not leave within you one stone on top of another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Cleansing the Temple 
Then Jesus entered the temple courts and began to drive out those who were selling things there, saying to them, It is written, My house will be a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of robbers. Jesus was teaching daily in the temple courts. The chief priests and the experts in the law and the prominent leaders among the people were seeking to assassinate him, but they could not find a way to do it, for all the people hung on his words. So friends, what can we learn from Zacchaeus? If we can't get to the Lord because there are people in front of us, run ahead, climb a tree, be humble, do what it takes to catch the Lord's attention. Zacchaeus so desperately wanted to see Jesus that he who was a rich man climbed a tree in order to see him. And then when he had a change of heart, I mean, when he met Jesus, he realized that he was called to live a different way. Are we understanding this, that Jesus is calling us to live a different way? And I think that, yes, that is exactly the point, because immediately we hear in this testimony, in this chapter, that Jesus tells him a parable about the minas. And, you know, the Lord gives each one of us gifts, and He asks us to use them. And some just sit on them, and some go and walk out in faith and do crazy stuff, like doing a podcast, um, just because this is my offering to the Lord. It's something that I can do, and hopefully it blesses at least one person. That's my only goal, is that it might bless one person today. Reading the Psalms has changed my life. It has given me a purpose that is honestly richer and deeper than other experiences that I have had. It is such a blessing to share the Word of God with other people. In this chapter, we have Jesus riding into Jerusalem on the back of a colt who has never been ridden before, and people are laying garments on the ground. This is a big deal because those garments oftentimes were used as a blanket. It was a very important piece of clothing to the the people of that generation. And Jesus' followers were praising and worshiping him as he is entering Jerusalem for the last time. And when the Pharisees see this, they're rebuking him like, you know, don't be doing this. And Jesus says something very profound. And this is also a hello to us. If we do not praise God, the very stones will praise God. And that is really something important. So yes, being having the attitude of gratitude of praise is really something important. And then we have Jesus weeping over Jerusalem. This is the holy city of God. This is a very special place for our Father, our God, who is, you know, He's an unseen God And he has a temple here. And the people, it had a purpose and has been twisted. Hey, like our government, just saying, where things are not what they should be. And we all go, well, what is happening here? 
Jesus knows he testifies in this chapter, chapter 19, verses 41 through 44. He talks about the destruction of Jerusalem that happens in A.D. 70. Jesus is prophesying what will happen 37, approximately 37 years into the future, and it's exactly as he said. He said that they will, the enemies will build an embankment against you, and that's exactly what the Romans did in order to conquer and break down the wall of Jerusalem, and they did surround them. They tried to starve them, and then once they once they conquered the city, they destroyed most all men. Um, and uh, if you were not strong enough to walk to where they were taking you, um, you were just left on the side of the road or they just threw you on the dump heap. You were left for dead. And it is true that they did not leave one stone on top of another. And Jesus said that the, that was a punishment because they did not recognize the time of visitation from God. They did not recognize that the Messiah, God in the flesh, was standing before them. So why did Jesus cleanse the temple? The temple was for worship. It wasn't supposed to be a market. And from what I have read, where they had set up the market was in the Gentile courts. So the temple of Yahweh, the the temple that was in Jerusalem, was for all people. It wasn't just for the Jews. They had the men's section, the women's section, and then they had the Gentile section. So people like me, who I don't have any Jewish um, heritage, I would be able to go and worship God but I would have to be stand in the area for the Gentiles. Well, if you have tables and sheeps and all sorts of commerce going on there, how can the Gentiles come to worship God? And you know, the chief priests and all those experts of the law and the prominent leaders, their money, their pockets were getting filled with money from the behavior, the marketplace that was taking place right there in the court of the Gentiles. So again, Jesus is telling us how we are supposed to be living, and he is using the time, his testimonies of what happened when he was here, while he was walking on the earth. We know he's coming back. The question is, when he comes back, is he going to find any of us who have held tight to the faith. 